0: This is Your Morning Basket, where we help you bring truth, goodness, and beauty to your homeschool day. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Episode 61 of the Your Morning Basket podcast. I'm Pam Barnhill, your host, and I'm so happy that you're joining me here today. Well, we are back. If you are a long-time Your Morning Basket listener, you noticed that this podcast took about a year-long hiatus, and I'm going to tell you why we did that, what we were doing instead, and why we're back now, but we're so happy to be back. I'm so happy to be back talking all about morning time. So this is what happened. Most of you know me, and you know that I'm a homeschooling mom of three kids, and up until December of 2018, I had three different homeschooling podcasts and in an effort to kind of condense my work down into fewer responsibilities so I could spend more time focusing on uh, homeschooling my kids, especially as they got older. I decided to consolidate all of my podcasts into one podcast. And you know sometimes how you have these great ideas and in your brain, they just work fabulously and uh, they don't work quite so fabulously for everyone else. So in my brain, I was combining all of my podcasts into one general homeschooling podcast and everybody would be happy about that. But what I discovered later was that A couple of things were going on. First of all, the people who loved the Your Morning Basket podcast, the Your Morning Basket podcast listeners didn't exactly make the jump with me to the other podcast. They loved Your Morning Basket because it focused on some very specific things. Things like truth, goodness, and beauty, and the morning time aspect, and it was a little more philosophical, and things of that nature. So that was the first thing. The second thing I came to discover was I really missed spending a lot of my time talking about morning time. And if I was going to simplify my life and simplify uh, my website, I wanted to make that shift to where morning time was what I spent the majority of my time focusing on. And so that we took about a year. It took me about a year to figure it out. Sometimes I'm a little slow. But that's the direction that we're going to go. And so over the next few weeks, a few different things are going to happen. Your morning basket is going to have its own dedicated home online. PamBarnhill.com is going to, um, it's going to stay PamBarnhill.com, but the look of it is going to begin to change. And you're going to notice that the focus there is your morning basket and all about morning time. The second thing that's happening is this podcast is coming back. We're going to be releasing this podcast every two weeks throughout 2020 and beyond. We're going to take a couple of short hiatuses. We'll be on hiatus during the month of June and during the month of December. That's going to give you an opportunity to catch up on episodes But, you know, I know you get behind on episodes, listening to them, just like I get behind on making episodes. And so it's nice for me to get a little break a couple of times a year. So we'll do a really brief hiatus. But other than that, we're going to have over 20 new morning time specific episodes for you guys in 2020 and then going forward as well. So it's going to be all your morning basket all the time we're super excited about that and where that is going to take the podcast so if you woke up hopefully pleasantly surprised to find the rooster back in your podcast feed and you're excited about the fact that we're back we're so excited to be back and we're happy to be here with you so there you go So let me tell you a little bit about what's going to happen over the next few weeks. We actually have a number of really fabulous morning time centric interviews that I did in 2019 and were published on my other podcast, The Homeschool Solution Show. So instead of uh, letting those podcasts kind of language out there outside of the quote-unquote morning time canon what we wanted to do is we wanted to roll those in to the your morning basket podcast and so this episode is the first of those episodes we have about six episodes that were very specific to morning time and so if you were a homeschool solutions listener these are going to be archive episodes for you. These are going to be things that you might have heard before in 2019. That's not to say that they're not good for another listen. If you're a Your Morning Basket listener and you've never listened to the Homeschool Solutions show, you're going to love this because we're starting off by pulling in some of that great morning time content that you might have missed. And so this is going to take us through the end of January. January. And I just told you we're going to take December of 2020 off. We're not doing that in 2019. We're starting right now, the end of November, and we're just going to keep going straight on through. We're going to start with those archival episodes and uh, kind of replays, if you will, and play those first. And by the beginning of February, we will have brand new content for you. Like I said, if you never listen to the Homeschool Solutions Show, it's all brand new content to you, and uh, we think you're really, really going to enjoy what we have to offer. So on today's episode of the podcast, we have Heather Woody from blogshewrote.com, and this episode is all about a question that we get asked quite a bit at Your Morning Basket, and that is, what does morning time look like with teenagers. Now, Heather has been doing morning time through many, many years with her family, and she's got two kids left at home, and they are both teenagers. So right now, she is doing morning time with only teenagers. So this was a fabulous episode, and in here, we talked about how Heather's morning time has changed over the years, over the many years that she's been doing it. Why she thinks it's still a valuable practice as her kids get to be teens. I mean, why do you even take time for this as your day gets busier and busier? How Heather's role in morning time has changed as her kids have gotten older. And something that I think you're going to find really fascinating, how Heather has been able to use the topics from morning time as coursework and credits. For the purposes of high school transcripts. So often we get this false dichotomy in our head that the things we're doing in morning time are not necessarily things that we can put on a transcript, that there's real school work and there's morning time work, and that's really not the case. So often we can take the work that we're doing in morning time, And move it into what we're going to put on a transcript for a high school student. So I think you're going to find this conversation really fascinating, and we'll get on with it right after this word from our sponsor. This episode of the Your Morning Basket podcast is brought to you by the Christmas Celebration Morning Time Plans. These are a lovely three-week set of plans that you can use with your family during the holiday season to celebrate the birth of Christ, to enjoy the holidays, to take a little extra time to slow down and really enjoy each other and the season. And the best thing of all about these plans is they are absolutely All you have to do to get your very own set of plans is come on over to the website at pambarnhill.com slash Christmas, and you'll be taken to the shop where you can add them to your cart and download them for absolutely nothing. This set is full of holiday goodness, including selections from the Nutcracker for art and music, wonderful scripture to memorize, um, picture study of the nativity, some meaningful prayers, everything you need to make the most of your holiday season. So don't try to put this together yourself. Let us do the hard work and choosing all the books and do the planning for you. And you just come, download the plans, and look like a hero to your kids. That's at PamBarnHill.com slash Christmas for your free set of morning time plans. And now, on with the podcast. is a mom of four who homeschools in upstate New York. A seasoned homeschool mom with two graduates and two more teens still at home, Heather uses unit studies and project-based learning to tap into her kids' interests and passions. Her website, Blog She Wrote, is packed with great ideas and also offers families much-needed information and support through her two courses, Homeschooling High School by Design and Homeschooling for College by Design. Heather joins us on this episode to talk about doing morning time with teens. Heather, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Well, let's talk a little bit about morning time because you've been doing this for quite a while. So what does morning time look for you right now with two teenagers at home? And how has it changed over the years?
1: Okay, so right now for our morning time, I have an eighth grader and an 11th grader this year. And we have two teenagers who have graduated. So right now our morning time is really customized for these two particular kids I have left. So it's kind of changed a lot over the years, depending on who I'm teaching and who's coming to join me for morning time. And we are focusing right now, if you ask me right this second what we're doing, we're reading aloud, we watch videos, and we play games. We insert some seasonal things depending on what time of year we're talking about. And then the other thing I would say is we may not do morning time every single day right now for a variety of reasons. Okay.
0: So hold on one second. I really want to ask you about something. You just told me you do not do morning time every day. And I think a lot of times people have it in their heads that morning time is an all or nothing proposition. Either you're going to do it or you're not. So what are some of the circumstances that you were talking about? Why wouldn't you do it every day?
1: Well, Teenagers are, um, you know, they, they kind of have their own schedule sometimes, both in what they're doing during the day and what time they arrive on scene and all those kinds of things. It, doing morning time with teenagers requires some flexibility. And as a parent and a homeschool mom, if you are really committed to the idea of having morning time every day, and then it doesn't work for a variety of reasons that can be really frustrating. So I try to to go with the idea that it's important to be flexible and to really enjoy it when it happens versus trying to force it every single day when it may not just be the season for that could be for a variety of reasons. For us in our homeschool, I have kids, teenagers with a couple of chronic conditions and we don't actually do morning time in the morning. We do Second it in the big afternoon. Shocker usually. Here. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I actually call it meeting time most of the time just because I had to sort of drop away the morning. So I didn't feel like I was automatically failing right out of the gate, you know, if we don't name what time of day it's going to happen, then we can just get together and have a good time. So
0: <laughs> okay, I like that. So you still feel like you're consistent enough with it that it's a thing, yes. but you're not tied to the fact that it has to be done every single day.
1: Yeah. Now that carries some downsides with it because once you're off and running with the day, it can be difficult to corral everyone back and kind of change gears shift the momentum. So that's one downside of that. But um, I think if your teenagers are on board, they understand that, okay, it's time for, it's time to switch gears and do something different and join mom for this thing (laughs) that we're going to do.
0: So do you tie, do you try to tie it to a particular time of day? Even, you know, so you're not doing it in the morning, but do you try to peg it to some other part of the day or is it pretty much random as to when it happens?
1: I like to do it around lunchtime or shortly thereafter, it might be like a one or two o'clock type of thing. And it really just happens, it really depends on when you have the most consistency in your homeschool, is when I would tie it to.
0: Okay, and does that switch from year to year now, or even from semester to semester, depending on what else you guys have going on?
1: It can change, yep. Or I might just come, you know, when I see both of our boys, I may just say, hey, this is what time I'm looking at for meeting time today. So they, they know and understand like having their, in their mental routine that they're going to have to be available at that time.
0: Okay. Love it. All right. So let's talk a little bit about what you're doing during that time because yeah. So let's just hash some of that out a little bit. So what, what do your teens love about morning time? What keeps bringing them back to the table or the meeting area?
1: Well, the content, and I try to tailor that. We do read al- reading aloud. That's one of the main times. It's not the only time I read aloud with my teens, but it is the only time probably that I'm going to read aloud with all of my teens together. So I actually read aloud one-on-one with my teens. And even my 20-year-old still reads to me from C.S. Lewis. So we have kind of different things that happen, but if it's going to happen together, then it's going to be at morning time. And we usually have some kind of video content that relates to either a current event or it could be something that they're learning about or want to learn about. My 13 year old loves to help us to learn by showing us something that he has seen. So we often do that during morning time. And then we play a game. And I usually pick that time to do some kind of short game every now and then a little bit longer.
0: Okay. So I know people are going to want to know. So give me some examples. What are a couple of things that you're either reading in your morning time right now with all of your teens together, or maybe you've uh, one of your favorites from the past few months?
1: Well, we've been working through the Swallows and Amazon series and we're on Coot Club, which I think is the fifth book if you're not familiar with the series that it can take a little doing to get into the story. So sometimes we're not successful with continuing with that one. My 13 year old wanted a break from it. And I asked the boys to decide on something they wanted to read together. They had to agree, agree on it because there are a lot of big taste differences. (laughs) And I have a kid who's really intense about his likes and dislikes. And so I try to help him to be agreeable to what we're going to do so that I can have success. And the thing that they decided on, believe it or not, at 13 and 16 was the magician's nephew. So we are doing a reread of Narnia. In any order we wanted, because we've already been introduced to the world, we're starting with the magician's nephew.
0: (laughs) So was there debate over what order you should read it in?
1: Of course. But since (laughs) um, we're strong believers in Meeting the magical world in the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, and and doing the magician's nephew after you've been introduced to the magic of that world. But we've already been through it a number of times, and so we just wanted to jump in with something that was fun, and that's what we chose.
0: Awesome. Okay, so before I ask you about the video content, I do want to point out Heather has a great guide on her website for uh, reading books with teens and uh, talking about books with teens, and so we'll put a link to blog she wrote in the show notes, so you guys can hop over and find that on the sidebar of her website. So, just to touch on that a little bit, Heather, after you read, do you have kind of a period of time for discussion?
1: Yeah, and actually, when you get to the teen years it's going to be a really fun discussion because um, after you've been pouring in all this time and your kids are introduced to books and then you arrive at the teen years and then they start forming their own opinions and you can have a, a really nice spirited discussion with your teens over almost anything in a book or a movie or a video. And it really, it's those discussions that really begin to cement some of the things that they've learned from you and some of the values they bring and kind of really make it their own as they begin to, to look outward on the rest of the world.
0: Yeah, I love that. Okay. So let's talk about those videos for just a second. So it sounds like you have a 13 year old who's bringing some things to the table that he wants you to see. Yep. And then what other kinds of videos do you use with your teens? Anything specific?
1: Well, it's usually a YouTube channel that has either maybe a TED Talk or it might be just a topical video on a subject matter. We like Crash Course for our teens. Um, Hank Green does a lot with Crash Course, at least biology and chemistry. And then he also does SciShow. Hank is a really funny guy. He's a little mouthy. He's a little sassy, but teenagers appreciate him a lot.
0: Okay, so content for teens and not necessarily your seven or eight year old.
1: Definitely, where Hank Green is concerned, that is true. (laughs) Okay, so (laughs) preview that one
0: um, to make sure it's right for your family. Yes, love it. Okay, so we've kind of touched on some of the adjustments that you've made to your morning time routines and expectations to to kind of make it work with your teenagers. We've talked about the time of day for sure, Mm -hmm. but can you touch on maybe how you've changed the setting? Um, and, and we really t- have talked about content. So focus a little bit more on the setting or what content even has worked in the past that's not working quite so well anymore in your morning okay. time.
1: So the setting depends on whether we're going to watch the video or read a book. Our house is set up that what would really be somebody's living room is our school area, which just means it's got a lot of bookshelves a table for school and games. And then because my daughter, you know, has, is a designer and does sewing and stuff, we have like a cutting counter in that room too. And then we have a media room and a family room, and it can be in any one of those spaces. It's not really tied down to any place. It kind of depends on what I want the kids to do. And if I snag them while they're eating, I will read aloud there. It'll be at the kitchen table. So we're kind of opportunistic with our setting. Uh, and that pretty much goes along with my kids being pretty individualistic and um, and me trying to make sure that everybody is not going to be put off by where they are that day and that time. Sounds very particular, but that's how it is. <laughs> and then content. So one thing I would say about content is that you should really tailor it to who your kids are and where they are and, and what they're doing and morning time is a great time to insert things as a homeschool mom that they might not ordinarily see any other time but i like to encourage people to not worry so much about what others are doing in their morning time and really concentrate on what's right for you and your family so i know pam that you have lots of plans for people who want that and and want to incorporate that but i i don't like moms to feel badly cuz well we didn't do shakespeare or we didn't read something that maybe should be read during morning time and really just think of it as an opportunity to introduce things that they wouldn't ordinarily get. And by the time they get to be teenagers, their schedules will be pretty heavy with other things. So I kind of like to use morning time as a time of connection and relationship and not worry as much about content.
0: Okay, so having said that, I'm writing, by the way, uh, that great (laughs) quote. just said (laughs) because I love it but having said that is there ever been something that you really felt like was important for your kids to be your teens to be exposed to or these conversations for you to have or something like that that really kind of flopped and (laughs) you had this you know either this image built up in your head or this burning need you felt and it flopped and then you know, what did you do? Did you let it go? Did you press the issue? Because, you know, you're not, maybe Shakespeare's not the hill you're going to die on, mm-hmm. but maybe, maybe something else is. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, well, we've done Shakespeare and, you know, um, we used Ken Ludwig's book on how to teach your children Shakespeare. And I had my kids memorizing it and it was a really good time. And my kids really loved it until we went to see it. <laughs> and that is, I know, so much the opposite of most people.
0: That is crazy.
1: <laughs> but um, my, uh, my 13-year-old, who <laughs> is pretty, he's an intense character, and we went to see Twelfth Night at a summer program, and he just really couldn't get past the teasing. <laughs> and having it played out in front of him like that, was more than he really wanted to handle. And so he has, you know, Shakespeare's like, he's done with Shakespeare. So we have not revisited that. And so it's kind of interesting. I know people like to see it come alive, but that was really a deal breaker for him. And it kind of colored everything about it for him, including Midsummer Night's Dream, which really is, you know, about a fairy like, playing tricks on people, (laughs) so just not, so that flopped for us, I had to let that, I had to set that aside, and have been unable to bring it back, Um, he was enchanted with it before that, by the way, I should say, so it really just changed his view to actually see it play out, I have started books that just did not get anywhere, and just set them aside, and we just changed gears, I don't, I can't think of anything recently That was a mountain that I was gonna die on. I think the mountain that I die on is that we're going to have this time. I think that's the the one thing that I'm like, nope, that's a foundation of our homeschool like since forever. And we're gonna continue with it. If it has to change, that's okay, but we're gonna I'm gonna double down on keeping this time.
0: So the connection and the relationship really trumps any content that definitely.
1: yeah, because yeah. we have a lot of connection points in our home over books and uh, shows like and story worlds. So my husband is a big science fiction fan, and he's been introducing the kids you know, systematically to various fandoms. So <laughs> he's done the original Star Trek and Star Trek Next Generation and then Stargate. And I, I don't know how many of your listeners know about Stargate, but... Richard Dean Anderson in the 90s and early 2000s had this great show and really a lot of content there. And that is our connection point. You know, my kids are waiting for college kids to come back so they can finish the series they've been watching for two years together. So we have a lot of connection points that don't necessarily happen in a traditional meeting time. But that is, if we're going to connect strictly academically, it would be, that's the easiest time. And then dinner time is often a meeting time for us when my husband can join in and discuss the things that my kids are hearing and learning and bringing his perspective as well.
0: Right, right. And it sounds like that's the uh, morning time is where a lot of those whole family kind of literature discussions happen. They
1: can. They happen like maybe one-on-one or, you know, we're around each other all day. So if somebody asks something, a discussion will come up. So even if we don't get that official meeting time in for a day, discussion and connection will happen. But I think in the teenage years, when your focus begins to shift, um, especially towards the second half of high school, that's maybe the one, if if you're not purposeful about bringing all of your teens together, uh, you're going to lose something in your homeschool day, particularly. Because they're off doing their own thing, meeting their own goals in a variety of ways.
0: Well, let's talk about some of, and and you've kind of alluded to some of this, but I I really specifically want to ask you about how much time you spend. So we know that the high school years are really demanding. There's some heavier coursework and there's a lot of commitments for the kids. You know, sometimes kids even get jobs and things like that. Mm -hmm. So how does that influence your plan and practice for morning time. And I know we've talked about it, but you know, could you give me a, an amount of time that you spend? I mean, does it, is there ever a point where you say we're spending too much time on this? We need to be, you know, it's taking up too much of our day.
1: Well, not in the high school years. I don't feel like I tread in that place just because when my kids were younger, we did a lot of school together. You mentioned that we do unit studies and that sort of how we, Progressed through our day and much of our time was spent together with the kids at different levels in high school and and late middle school um, my eighth graders really doing high school content it changes because We don't have a a lot of time to work on that if my kids are going to Do the other things they want to do and not be at it for many hours longer than they would like to be so I would say 30 minutes is our maximum. Could be 45 if we have a good game going.
0: Okay, and let's talk about some of those games. You've mentioned games a couple of times and I wanted to ask you about like specific kinds of games that you guys might be playing.
1: So because I use this as a momentum builder into the day and sort of an invitation to come to meeting time, I don't necessarily use strictly educational games so we might play if it's a longer game i might go ticket to ride because you, you don't have to spend all day playing that game unlike other strategy games that take a lot longer it might be a very short game like a game of love letter uh which is a mm-hmm. card game or uh we might play a game of code names which is really fantastic for a word game i have a list of morning time games on my website the ones that are our favorites set is another good one
0: oh yeah we have that one and we can link to the uh the morning time games in uh in the show notes so i was not familiar with love letter but i was browsing around on uh amazon looking for christmas presents and came across loot letter which is the munch. <laughs> Oh yeah,
1: <laughs> of Love Letter.
0: So I do believe Santa Claus is going to drop that in a stocking yeah. this year. I'm not sure whose.
1: <laughs> yes, I'm so glad you mentioned that. <laughs> <laughs> Munchkin is one that we will pull out just sometimes. And we've had a, you know, like a phase of playing card games. And so we have a card game called Saboteur, which is like a, a little... You're trying to get gold as a dwarf and you lay down pathways and people are trying to stop you. So sometimes these games are short. They're easy. My 13 year old likes the shorter version and, or I might let my 13 year old go and I'll play a game of memoir 44 with my 16 year old. Sometimes if I feel like one of them's not really in it, we'll do the bare minimum and then I'll keep going with one kid. So it just depends. Memoir is a history game, very detailed World War II game (laughs) that I'm becoming an expert at. (laughs) Whether you want to or not, huge quality time with my 16 year old. So I'm like, yes, sign me up. (laughs) Now I'm getting better, and it's it's messing with him. But
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love it, though. I love the focus on the on that quality time and relationship. Well, let's talk about your role as kind of the facilitator of morning time. How has it changed as your kids have gotten older?
1: Well, I am more a facilitator and less the teacher during morning time. So I would say I bring my teenagers to the table and we kind of talk about what it is that we're going to do for morning time. So I tell them what my non-negotiables are and then... You know, they, they come around and kind of tell me about what they prefer.
0: Okay. So it's very much a give and take, even on a day to day basis, as you, as you come to the table, do you ever plan anything out in advance? Do you kind of have an idea for a quarter or a term or something like this is kind of where I want to go and what I want to do? Do you ever do a family meeting Uh about it or is it more of a organic day to day kind of thing?
1: It's a little bit of both if I feel like I can plan ahead, then I might. So during the Christmas season, we've been doing the audio of a Christmas Carol done by Tim Curry, which is fabulous. And so we might kind of focus on a seasonal item, depending on what time of the year it is. And then other times I might say, Hey, I think we should cover this particular, like a geography thing or a current event. And sometimes it's organic. Like we recently took time to watch um, George H.W. Bush's funeral, which was a fantastic chance to talk about statesmanship and things like that that we need to do for our homeschool requirements. And so uh, it just depends. So sometimes it's what opportunity comes along and other times I plan. But I encourage folks that feel like they can't plan Or that planning is difficult for a number of reasons to just to do it anyway. I'm a firm believer in you don't have to have all the ducks in a row. A lot of times we get defeated when we think everything needs to be perfect before we launch into something. And morning time, meeting time is one of those things that I think doesn't have to be etched in your plan book. It can be. And a lot of people operate that way, which is fantastic you can do a lot of things but I want to encourage those that feel like it's one more thing that they're not successful at is that just bringing people together even for 10 or 15 minutes is a win
0: yeah yeah and we like to tell people start small Mm -hmm. build slow so you know even if you have like one or two tricks up your sleeve and you do those for a few weeks that's it's good yeah. It's all good. And it, yeah. it really
1: depends on what your purpose for morning time is. You know, a lot of people do quite a bit of instruction during that time. And mm-hmm. uh, and so that can be a win for large families and, and small families alike. But just thinking of morning time in terms of that's a lot of teacher-led time at, before independent time maybe, whereas in high school it's really – more of a conversation time and, and more of a time for connection and inserting anything they're not getting at other times. And so those goals can be really small. They don't have to be huge.
0: Yeah. And I love, I love the focus on, what is your goal for this time of day? Like so often when we get started with this practice, we like, Oh, this sounds like a good idea. You know, my neighbor's doing this. This is something I heard about at co-op or this lady on this blog wrote Uh about it. And it sounds really cool. I'm going to do this. And we kind of take off and and get started with the idea of it before we really think about what are we trying to accomplish here? Uh And you know, for my family, I've got three kids who are nine, 11 and 13. So our morning time can be an hour and a half and we're doing history together. My kids are doing cursive together. Uh They're they're doing grammar together, but they're all really close in age. And so, you know, whereas you're doing something totally different and it's okay because we, we have different purposes. So I love that, that reminder so very much.
1: Yeah. And I think it's important when you read blogs and look at websites and you hear about what other people are doing Some people are very discouraged by that. Some people are encouraged until they try to get started. And what I like to say is, you read and you're inspired, and then you take from that what works for you and what fits your family, and not feel like we're not doing it because we don't do it this way, or it's not the right time, or it's I'm not doing Shakespeare. And I, I think it's less, those things are less important than finding out what your goal is and what your what you can do and yeah, how that's yeah. going to benefit your family.
0: You really need to define your own success. Mm-hmm. Uh morning time homeschooling everything. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. Well, okay, so give me a few more ideas. You've kind of touched on a few things, your seasonal things. You mentioned geography a few minutes ago. We know you like to do literature and play games. So what are a couple of other things you've done in morning time with your teens that are just, we know Shakespeare flopped for after, <laughs> after a while. But what are some <laughs> other things you've done with your teens that, um,
1: that have, have worked? Current events works for us. Geography Um, I've tried just small, like, mini lessons of language arts.
0: Give me an example because I know people want the examples.
1: They want the examples. Well, it's actually a pretty good time if you are familiar with um, Brave Writer um, doing, like, mini Mm -hmm. lessons. I picked up the boomerang on A Christmas Carol, and it has a lot of discussion just on grammar. And it's a great time to insert, hey – uh, let's talk about how you use colons, for example, or let's talk about that controversy about the Oxford comma. Or you, know, you can sort of have fun with teenagers. Um, if you notice some, a skill they need to work on, you can insert that in a fun way and in just a matter of, of discussion because they will sort of incorporate that and take it away. So if you're looking for something concrete, it's a good time to pull out your curriculum. If it's something that all of your teenagers could benefit from for language arts, for example. Yeah. I love that
0: idea of, uh, you know, using one of those and, you know, Julie sells them on her website. They're, Mm I don't know, $10, $11 or something like that, the little unit, uh, just to buy one of the arrows or the boomerangs individually. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you don't have to use it as written where kids are, you know, doing four weeks of study dictation or something like that. There are just some great little meaty conversations you can have about the things in the book. So that's a great example. And if you don't,
1: I mean, you don't need to do that, but this was one of those times I was, we were sailing into Christmas I'm experiencing a new phenomenon, um, right now, which is school really doesn't happen when college kids come back home, Mm. which I knew. And so I had planned that into our school year, but I wanted my 16 year old particularly to, um, be able to do some, something light, um, heading into this month. And that just happened to be the perfect thing. It was risk-free to me because, you know, I, um, have used The writer's jungle as a tool in the past, and thought, hey, this would be fun to actually do something real that I don't have to make up. I can just use this tool. And that's the same thing with your morning time plans, too. You know, I can use this tool. And uh, as long as you know, you get you use the tool, then it's worth trying out. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Any tools? I'm, I'm a big fan of tools in the, the homeschool mom toolbox. Some of them work long term, some of them don't. But I like right, them. and <laughs> and that's the beautiful thing is that you're you're viewing it as a tool, and mm-hmm. you know it's
0: not a one size fits all tool. Um, you go get the tool that's appropriate for what you're wanting to accomplish, and and use it for the moment. And then if it's uh, Sarah McKenzie has a great line about going in and getting, you know, if you want to hang a picture, you go get the hammer and you're not feeling guilty that you're not getting the screwdriver because that's not the tool you need at the moment. So right, kind of along along those same lines. I really like it. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about you are really great at kind of coming up with these customized plans for your kids high school educations and you have um, those what the courses on your site are about. And so I'm curious. You, you take what you've learned, and then you use it to craft a transcript, and, and uh, that's in your Homeschooling for College by Design course. Have you ever been able to use anything for morning time Uh-oh. for credits and coursework on your teen's transcripts?
1: Absolutely. It um, really depends on, obviously, what your content is, but the morning time content that we have in our homeschool definitely contributes to the coursework that our high schoolers are doing at any given time. So it could be related to discussions. It could be related to geography. Like for example, um, one thing I didn't mention is that I'm doing a world cultures credit with my 16 year old this year. And I'm doing a world cultures, like a survey of world cultures with my 13 year old. Just felt like both of them could use a little look outside the world right around them. And so that's one thing that I wanted to focus on this year and that content that we insert into morning time is definitely part of the larger credit hours that my teens are working on
0: and so you just you would count the
1: hours you would
0: count the time that you spend focusing on those particular cultural uh, that whatever it is you're doing in morning Mm -hmm. time that would relate to that and you would count it towards the total credit hours
1: exactly Yep. Yeah. And that could be true for an, any any kind of content that you're working with for your high school courses. And and honestly, if you were looking for a plan for morning time in a more cohesive way to use it, that would be my suggestion is build it into your coursework as a piece of what's happening
0: so how would you track something like that, Heather? Do you, I mean, how do you? Do you just make little notes kind of in a, in a notebook or something? This is what we did today during morning time. And then as you go back and you're adding up those hours, you, you look back and you're like, oh, yeah, last November we were reading about Rwanda or something like that. And you're looking for the time that you spent doing that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I look at how much time is required for this particular course to be a full course, you know, to earn one credit versus half or quarter credit. And then in my plan book, which is just a spiral notebook, all of my kids are in the same one since about forever. I make a note of what we're working on, you know, so the way uh, the our teens work in their school time varies depending on what they're working on um and i have a post about scheduling that time if that's of interest but mm. that is how that's that's how we would keep track of it you know how much time and and really realize that i may not be scrutinizing over hours i'm what i'm really looking at is a body of work even by the week you know did you spend 3 hours a week on world cultures morning time might have been 45 minutes of that three hours that particular week. And so it all just begins to build into that, the credit they're going to earn at the end of the year.
0: All right. And I like that. And uh, you can find out more information about how to put together a transcript like that Um, and kind of the philosophy behind it in Heather's two courses, which she has on her site. And yeah, send me a link to that, to that blog post as well. Mm -hmm. And we'll include it in the show notes for this episode. Well, Heather, as you have a mom, uh, actually me, just go ahead and talk to me because I got a 13 year old an 11 year old and a nine year old going forward over the next few years. What important things do I need to know about transitioning from morning time with younger kids to morning time with teens?
1: Well, I think the most important thing is that right now, if you are orchestrating a lot and having not just facilitating, but being the one that pulls it together, being the one that does the instruction and sort of a top-down approach that as you get kids into the teen years, you may want to flip that paradigm a little bit and have them be um, more of a contributor to what's happening. Because what you really want is to keep them in the game, right? You want Uh, what you don't want as a teenager that feels like they don't want to be told to come to this thing or to do this other thing or to be part of it. You want to keep them engaged and a part of what that time is offering. And the other thing I would say is to be flexible because you might have a teenager that is uh, more difficult to work with during that time and being able to kind of gauge how much do I die on this mountain and how much do I let this teenager fly for a little while? Maybe it's just um, for a season that they're, they'll tag out for part of morning time or all of it or bring it back in. And one of the biggest things I can say is as your teenagers age and they begin to do other things, try to resist the urge to keep that oldest one or two engaged so much that you wait on them, and you don't end up doing what it is you want to do. So not sure if that's really clear. (laughs) But an example would be, you really want your oldest to be involved, but they have XYZ activity. And so you wait. And then by the time they get home, nobody, you can't get, you can't get it all together. Mm -hmm. There comes a time when you need to start letting your older teenagers go. And you need to focus on who's still in your homeschool full-time. And so um, that's my piece of advice. And it, as homeschool moms, we, we want to, like, keep doing all the things until it's time to not do them anymore. And uh, I would say that the time to not do them anymore is probably earlier than you want it to be.
0: Okay, so now <laughs> you've made us all really sad. <laughs> misting up over here thinking they're going to leave sooner than I want them to. Yeah. And you have to understand
1: my perspective on that is that um, I have two college freshmen for the first time this year. Um, And I had, my oldest is 20. He's a freshman at Purdue and he had a chronic illness that kept him in a fifth year of high school. And then another medical gap year before he was able to take advantage of his scholarship and the good time that he's going to have at Purdue. And so we, we had two kids leave at one time. So it's really Mm. changed. He was here for extra and then they both left at the same time. And I, as I can look back on how we did homeschooling and think about how I might have done differently. I was really concentrating on trying to, keep everything sort of the same, and it was really not happening any <laughs> easily, and I think we could have been a little more robust with, with what was happening with the younger kids at that time. So just little things that I've learned along the way. Yeah, yeah. And I think as homeschool moms, we tend to hold on pretty tight.
0: Yeah, we do. We do. Which it's, is, uh- I mean,
1: which is great. It's just, it hits us all at once. That's the real key. Yeah. So, okay. On that happy note. (laughs) (laughs) On that happy note, I just want to say that having college kids is awesome and having homeschool graduates (laughs) is great. It's really been a lot of fun to watch them do the next thing. So I do want to leave everybody on an encouraging note. And I think that morning time was definitely a part of that for my students for them. They're thriving because they had lots of opportunities and connection points.
0: And there you have it. Now, if you would like links to any of the books and resources that Heather and I chatted about on today's episode of the podcast, you can find them on the show notes for this episode. Those are at PamBarnhill.com slash YMB61. Also on the show notes are instructions to help you leave a rating or review of the Your Morning Basket podcast on iTunes. The ratings and reviews you leave help us get word out about the podcast to other listeners. And we really appreciate it when you take the time to do that. Well, I'll be back again in a couple of weeks with another great interview from the archives. This one is with Dr. Christopher Perrin and his wife, Christine Perrin. And we're going to be talking all about prayer prayer in your morning time prayer with your family and also your own personal prayer as well Um, it was a lovely interview and I think you'll really enjoy it so be sure to come back and check that one out until then keep seeking truth goodness and beauty in your homeschool day